the path to success is paved with fear, doubt, anxiety and failure. For some people, it's just too much. Others have the grit and determination to overcome. These are their stories. Welcome to the When It Worked podcast. I am your host, Julian Leahy. Hello everyone, welcome to the When It Worked podcast. Julian Leahy here and today I'm joined by Jerry Bolander from San Francisco and I was having a great chat to Jerry. Jerry is an engineer, uh, former engineer, and he has gone into public relations and he's got some really interesting stories about using stories and how that they can be a powerful form of marketing. Jerry's a podcaster as well. We're going to uh, plug his podcast later on. Welcome, Jerry. Yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, uh, how cool is this? We can communicate over oceans. Over together. oceans, on the other side of the world, on the on the arse end of the world, as we say down here. <laughs> well, it's like, I always like say the left coast is the best coast. And then I'm like, well, hold on. Like, you're more left now than I am. <laughs> well, literally, I believe Perth is the most isolated capital city in the world. And uh, we, we even in, um, like, it's five hours flight to go to Melbourne. It's, you know, traveling across the whole continent. And, um, yeah, we're, it's, while we're a little bit strange down here, we're really, we're really tucked away. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've heard a lot of great things about Perth. I don't know if I'll ever get there, but if I ever do, I'll yeah, definitely if, if you ever you do, up. yeah, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you the grand tour. Yeah. And Yeri, um, tell us a little bit about what you have been doing and uh, some of the insights that you have gathered. First of all, explain what you're doing. What's all this about storytelling? Yeah. So thanks for that. Um, it, it's interesting because, you know, as you mentioned before, I, I I used to be an engineer. I don't know if you ever stop being an engineer. I think you just stop like doing engineering for your day job. Uh, and I kind of morphed into doing PR marketing and strategic communications. And like all good stories, the reason I do that is because I met a girl and her name was Jane. And she was a publicist for professional athletes when I met her. And I, of course, you know, was enamored and we fell in love and got married and all that great stuff. And then she got leukemia. And that, if any of, you know, anyone listening's ever had a family member or loved one that's gotten cancer, your entire world like completely gets upended. I, I don't, I can't think of another crazier thing other than maybe someone suddenly dying, but it, it's a, it's a struggle and a challenge every day because wow. Now your, your job as the spouse is no longer kind of a partner. It's like now you're a caregiver. And at the time, I was at a company called Lab Sensor Solutions, which was a digital health startup. And, you know, I had to make a big decision or as a couple, we had to make a big decision. What are we going to do to survive? Lab Sensor wasn't paying me at the time. Jane's business was paying her. So she looked at me and she's like, suck it up, buttercup. You're going to be a PR maven. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know the first thing about PR. Now, my only saving grace in all of this is clearly I can write. Like, I can write. That, I write okay, right? I'm, I'm pretty good at that. Um, and so as soon as she got sick and got diagnosed, 
I took over her company, which is called JSY PR and Marketing. And then 15 months later, she died. And I had another, obviously, traumatic experience uh, with the loss of a spouse. Um, and anyone that's ever gone through that knows the complete and utter shit show that that is. And you sort of feel lost in the world. Uh, but one of the things that Jane had always taught me, and again, to this day, it's just amazing, you know, what you learn when you have to, when you have to actually do something you've never done before and you got to like, well, there's the only thing that's going to pay us. You better get, get your act together and get working. I, I started to realize that since I had the technology background and I used to invent, like I would invent stuff. I have 10 patents. I, you know, I love to invent, well, I actually still love to create things. Um, I can never, I don't think I could ever stop being an engineer, but what pays the bills is this idea of strategic storytelling, PR and marketing. And that all came about because what I realized was that tech startups, particularly tech startups, um, have a, can't tell a story to save their life. They're horrible at it. They're absolutely horrible because they focus on this gadget widget yeah. stuff like, Oh, Features. Awesome technology, right? Yeah. Like, no one cares about your technology. I'm sorry to tell you that. The best story about what you do wins, no matter what you do. Absolutely. Your technology, you know, your technology has to be there, has to work. No one cares. And that was like an epiphany for me because it's like, you know, when Jane died, I have another decision in my life. Do I go back to engineering or do I continue to do what she's doing, what she did or she taught me or like what I've been doing for the last 15 months. Right. And I'll tell you, it was a bit of a crisis. It's actually, there's a lot of stuff packed into that. Like, you know, you're, you, you have these life moments where you're like, is this it? Is this like literally the top of the top or the bottom of the bottom? Like, what the hell am I going to do with the rest of my life? Uh, I mean, I sat there the day she died. I remember the day she died. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like lost, right? But then it starts to solidify in your mind that, you know, you can't be an engineer forever. I mean, you can try, but it was sort of getting like a little old. But with the thing that I found that resonated with lots and lots of people is one, I would tell the story of Jane, clearly, like it's a very emotional story. And, and for men to talk about loss and grief and sadness is almost this unique unicorn snowflake thing, right? Like not a lot of men do that. Yeah. And then the other thing is not a lot of engineers go to the way dark side, which I mean, marketing's the dark side. PR is the way, way dark side. Everyone hates PR people. <laughs> they just, they're like, God, what the hell do they even do, right? Yeah. Um, but to have the epiphany, honestly, and the crisis of, of life and just like, okay, what do I do now? I realized like, wow, I'm pretty good at telling stories about tech companies and what they do and how they should communicate. And then, then I started to realize, oh, well, I'm actually good at helping organizations tell their story. Who would have known? <laughs> yeah. really? I mean, it's like shocking, right? And, and you sort of uh, uh, developed into a copywriter, would you say? Like, yeah. 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 Well, you have to. 
I mean, you know, th there's a very famous thing about, you know, there's two types of writers. There's you, there's writers that write for praise and writers that write for pay. And I'm like, I write to get paid. Like, tell me what you want and I will make sure it works. I, I do have a little ego on the praise thing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, every writer would love to have a New York Times bestseller, Amazon bestseller, be on some list. But what pay, what, what, how I eat is I get paid to write. And I get paid to write compelling stories that sell stuff. And a lot of that's copywriting. A lot of that's figuring out the strategy, the structure, what's your story, what's your big idea? How can you explain what you do to your grandmother? Big idea, Jerry. I love that one. And um, do you want to explain that to the listeners? Um, my understanding of the big idea is is you how you can how you conceptualize what you are doing with your business in a way that creates curiosity and uh, makes people look like uh, surface level attention, and then from there you can give them uh, build authority and, and show what you're doing. Is that, is that what you mean by that? Yeah. It, it's sort of like the hook, the hook. Like, yeah. It, yeah. You know, Love like, it. so let's say, you know, you're um, like classical storytelling, right? Three act structure, beginning, middle, end. usually the beginning of a story. You want to hook your reader in, right? No, no one's going to continue to read something that's boring. Like they want some action, some change, some like, thought-provoking thing and as a business you have to have a big idea that goes beyond what you're doing it, it, it it's like your internal why it's like outside of yourself why are you doing this of course you're doing it for fame fortune prestige money all those external trappings of success right i mean you got to eat like don't get me wrong you want to make money i, I you know i'm 100 percent into capitalism the thing that hooks people in to what you do is this idea that it is bigger than you and your company. Like a lot of times tech companies particularly will always focus on the technology and, Oh, it makes it better, faster, cheaper, blah, 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 blah. Like, like I don't care. Like I really don't care. No one, everyone says that. Why are you unique? What's the big idea? How are you going to change the world? And so, as an example, I, I, as part of this, what I do for a living, you know, JSYPR and marketing, we help companies tell better stories so they can get above the noise, right? And get their word out, that get what they do out. Because the, the company, the organization that tells the best story, quote unquote, wins. Yeah. And um, some of you out there might not be understanding the, uh, the, the, the gravity of stories jerry would you be able to give us an example of a company that was i guess trying to sell their services based on the features as opposed to after talking to you the story based version of their uh online marketing yeah yeah actually there's a it's actually the one of the people that is well, we're partnering on writing this book and this methodology. It's called the Story Funnel. And it's kind of the process that we used to tell a better story at a company called Sutro. It's mysutro.com. And mysutro.com is a 
robot that tests the water in your pool or spa. So imagine if you own a pool or spa, I don't know if you do or not, but testing the water is probably the worst part of owning a pool or a spa because it's this chemistry, random chemistry experiment in your backyard that if you screw up, you know, people get hurt, whatever. And it's a highly hardcore tech, you know, internet of things, just, it's a really complicated robot. I mean, imagine a Roomba, like if you know what a Roomba is that, that you know, vacuums your room. Yeah. Roomba robot. Imagine that for your pool. But it tests your water, right? And so Ravi, who's the CEO, uh, and I, you know, he he hired me um, to help him tell a better story about, well, what is Sutro? What, it, what does it mean? Like, you know, and what's interesting is that the first iterations of this was all about the tech. It's a robot. It's this accurate. It does it twenty four seven. But all these great, you know, all these great features. But okay, there's other things that do that. What's it really like? What's the emotion? What's the core emotion when you own a pool? And I can tell you that people love and hate their pool because if you're a DIYer, if you're someone that like maintains their pool by themselves, you know that the hardest part is getting the chemistry of your pool, right? So you sort of have this love-hate relationship with your pool. And so we thought about it and we thought about it and we're like, well, what are we really trying to do? Like, well, what is Sutro all about? It's the technology's cool. Okay, great. But what's it really about? It's really not a gadget. Like this gadget idea is like, oh, I buy a gadget. Well, it's really not a gadget, We're really more like an ecosystem. We want to help you make your pool better so your family and friends can enjoy it. So you'll kind of look like the hero, right? Like who's the hero of the story? You know, typically pool owner, you own a pool. Typically it's the man who maintains it. It's kind of the backyard domain, right? This is just a common thing. Like 80% of our customers are men or of Sutro's customers are men. So we said, well, what is it? What captures that? What would we want people to feel? Well, one, we want to have them feel relieved that they're they're not screwing their pool up. But then we want to know that we have, hey, we have your back, right? Like if something goes wrong, Sutro's there for you. And so we came up with the tag lo- tagline, love your pool or spa again. Awesome. And at the heart of it, you know, it's like, well, love, what do you mean? Well, that's the feeling. <laughs> you know that's the emotion that's so. the emotion of that they felt when they were buying a pool and looking at pools and then having pool parties and yeah you know get back to that feeling without the the burden of the stress of maintaining the chemical balance of the water exactly perfect exactly and when you if you talk to people they want not only like so that's the top thing that's like that's the big idea so then how do you do that well you have a better, you know, you have a smart water ecosystem. You have uh, this robot that tests it. Then you have support. So if something goes wrong, you can call Sutro. You can use your own pool chemicals. You can go to a deal. I mean, like there's a whole, um, it's not just a gadget, which a lot of tech companies screw up. Like it's not about the tech. And, you know, there's, there's a couple of other examples, um, of of that as well so if you look at like there's a company um there's a 
it's a new company. It's called Respana. And Respana is a outreach tool for kind of like what I do, PR professionals. Like how do you, how do you build connections? Right. And the biggest problem for what we do as PR and marketing professionals is we have to outreach to people and they get upset because it's spammy or whatever. Like our job is to like, Hey, how you doing? Do you want to talk about blah? Right. That's our job. Yeah. Um, and Respana builds this, builds this tool, which is just fantastic. And Farzad, the CEO is this great guy. He, he was the marketing guy over at this company called Vizme, which is a Canva competitor. And his story was build relationships, don't spam. And you're like, huh, interesting. Because instead of it being like, oh, the PR professional that needs to talk to people, like make it about me, like me, 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 he flipped it. He said, you need to build relationships with these outlets, bloggers, uh, you know, media without spamming them. And we can help you do that. And it's just genius because I've used every tool for PR and marketing and he's got the best tool hands down. Like, and it's because of the story he's, he's, I am building relationships as opposed to the spammy stuff that everyone else talks about. He doesn't even talk about the technology. He doesn't even care. You don't even care. It has to work clearly. Right. But it's all about what, what am I trying to achieve? And this is the story I'm trying to tell. And when companies do that, they win, even if they've got a subpar product, you know, and. Awesome, Jerry. Um, what I wanted to ask you, Jerry, was um, when I have people listening and they are often starting new businesses and they want to know um, how did you, how do you get to that point where you are, and we started to touch on it just then of, of, of getting new clients, getting yourself the business. So um, you were talking about outreach and how do you, you know, find the people that you're going to reach out to? How do you start getting your first clients with your business? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a very astute uh, question. And for like a freelance consultant gig, which is kind of my model, I've found that the best way to do it is to bake into your process of working business development and outreach. Um, and let's say, you know, let's say uh, just as an example, let's say like, okay, you have your business and you're like, Hey, I need more outreach PR strategic communication. You say, okay, Jari, I'm going to hire you to do this. Now, what are you going to do? Right? So this, this is what I would do. The first off is you got to know where your customers are. Like who, who, are the people that you want to focus on. And so for my business, JSY PR and marketing, I focus on IOT, smart home, consumer medical device companies. It's very specific and very niche, right? And the reason is I'm really good at it because I used to invent this stuff. So there's probably no one better in the world that can understand this because I used to do it, right? And it's a growing complex kind of ecosystem. So where are the people that you want to outreach to? And for me personally, those are going to be hardware and software companies that do those sort of things. Now, it doesn't mean that I won't do other companies because I have a couple that are different, but my sweet spot is those are those kind of companies. And there's a lot of them now because it's a big growing thing. So now the question is, how do I 
contact their CEOs, their C-level, their founders or whatever, right? Well, honestly, I use a podcast to do that. So my podcast, Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast, I use that as my outreach tool. So what does that mean? Well, instead of saying, hey, this is what I do for a living, I say, I would love to interview you about your entrepreneur journey. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty upfront about I use the podcast to practice networking, practice business development and get to know really smart people that I'm interested in. And so we get a conversation going. We get to know each other, just like you and I are getting to know each other. So like you you may have some need in PR and marketing and I'd be like, yeah, I can help you out with that. Or like, hey, I, I know people. Right. It's these conversations, especially well, especially to customers that are potential well, to their potential customers, but also if you're a consultant or you know an agency, this is how you get business. People refer you, or you have to do cold outreach. Now, it's not as quote unquote scalable as like a SaaS company or whatever, but the fundamentals are the same. Who do I want to talk to? Who are my ideal customers? And how do I get? How do I reach them? And for me, in my particular business, I. One, get a lot of inbound and people want to be on the podcast because it's growing, right? But also, I have now a venue that I can talk to people, get to know people, because the most important part about being a consultant, an agency or whatever is, do you like me? It doesn't matter if I can do all the things I say I can do. If you don't like me and we don't have a rapport, it's going to never work. Because a lot of this PR, marketing, strategic communications, it's a crapshoot. It's it the probability of success is not as successful as certain other things. Like the metrics are really mushy, right? So I find out who I want to talk to, and then over time I just try to talk to them. And and I don't like I'm not a hard sell kind. Of, you can probably tell I'm not a hard sell kind of person. I, I really don't like doing sales. It really bothers me. I have a hard time bragging about this that. I mean, it's taken me over 120 episodes of my podcast to practice saying what I do to people, right? Like, it's really weird because I feel like, oh, this is just, you know, and that's the engineer in me, right? I have to constantly work on that. But if you're a small business, if you're a consultant business, even if you're a tech company and you're trying to figure out like, how how do I get the word out? It's the first and foremost, it's going to be I need to connect live and in person with my potential customers. And I need to ask them what their challenges are, their struggles. And I just need to build a rapport. I need to be useful. And that's the reason I do the podcast. Very useful information. I talk to a lot of great people. I say, this is what I learned from them. This is where you can find it. You know, it's just this value of being useful, being useful and being of service. Creating value. Um, and it, yeah, creating value, right? And it takes a lot of time. It's This is not like spray and pray, throw a bunch of ad word money at something and people come inbound. That never works. For the kind of business I do and the, and the kind of the businesses that I help, even a, even a tech startup at the early stages, that, that digital ad stuff is a complete waste of money and time. Because you don't even know what you don't know, right? Like you got to exactly. know. You know, your story. You got to get your story straight is what I like to say. So, exactly. What are you going to do? Put your link on there and then uh, just send people to it. 
and there's nothing behind it. And um, I, I tell people this all the time that, um, like what Jerry's saying, create value up front. That is your number one objective. It takes time. And, and then if you want to do paid advertising, once you've got all your content that you're creating, that you've got something to show people and give people because you need to be giving people rather than, you know, basically taking, like asking them to, to, to pay you and, and, and become a client. Um, so leading with value, that's a really important thing that Jerry is saying. Um, Jerry, what was the other thing I wanted to mention? Yeah, and the... Holding a podcast, uh, as what Jerry was talking about, basically you are talking to people who are potentially your clients, and people people love to talk about themselves, and they want to they want to talk to you, and they want to go on your podcast. So the podcast, as Jerry is using it, as I'm using it, is a way of um, of just having those relationships with people without putting them off by by pitching the business that you want to pitch, uh, you are asking them to become a guest and talk about themselves and, you know, exchanging value before you do anything else. So you're building that relationship and it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful way to do business, Jerry. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I think relationships are what matter the most. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Like not every guest on my show I will do business with or, has the potential to do business with. I'm not saying it's very like, I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think of it that way. I, I, I literally figured this out after interviewing a hundred people. I said, Oh, I'm really doing business development and I'm just doing it through a podcast. And I didn't, I kind of accidentally fell into this because I, I, I didn't, I honestly, you know, full disclosure, I didn't really know like what I wanted to offer other than what I'd been offering before. And then this was Jane's legacy business. I didn't build it. She took, she spent the better part of 12 years building the business up to the point where I took it over. So she like, I'm, you know, like I'm well, not anymore, but I'm like, like living off what she built. So I didn't even know what I was going to do. I had no idea like what I am today is nothing compared to what I was three, four years ago. I had no idea what I really wanted to do, but it was this curiosity and this um, willingness to learn how like a medium, like a po- I was just interested in podcasting. And then I, f- I literally stumbled into, oh, I could, I could use this as a way to get to know people. And then if something happens, great. If not, I actually learned a ton and I'm, I, you know, I got to meet someone really interesting, like, you know, talking to you, like, you know, you reached out on, I think it was matchmaker.fm and Hey, let's have a pot like, yeah, great. Let's talk. Let's chat. Let, you know, for those of you that are listening, this is how you build rapport. This is how you like, we're, we're trying to get to know each other. And then if something goes great, if not, well, I got to meet somebody really cool. Jerry, uh, it, would you say that, um, you chose to be a content producer and create your podcast because you're interested in it rather than, you know, you didn't go there as a, as a marketing tool. Would that have helped you in terms of, because it takes quite a long time before you start to get traction and something like 98% of people quit when they, they start a podcast. And if, you, if you're going, if you're doing it to just quickly generate business, um, you're probably going to quit, let's be honest. So, 
Um, yeah. It's something that you need to enjoy and embrace the process and actually enjoy doing so that you it's not a chore. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. I mean, I think, like, I'm my podcast is on the Blue Wire Network. I happen to be an advisor to Blue Wire Podcasts, right? They're a sports podcasting network. I, don't ask me <laughs> why. Well, I know why. Like, they give Crazy Uncle Jari his own podcast just so I shut up, right, and advise him on stuff. But, um, you know, they gave me a lot of great advice as part of being part of this network. It's like, look, you got to commit to doing this at least once a week for a year. Like, if you can't do that, don't start. And I'm like, wow, I'm like that's a lot. He's like, yeah, I know, because it takes that long for it to gain momentum. So if you're thinking this is going to be a quick, this is not a quick fixing. It's like writing a blog. You don't, you don't write a blog and then in a month think, oh, wow, I'm going to be going viral. It takes forever. But the discipline of producing content, getting your thoughts down and like that process generates other opportunities. It, 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 it's, it's like when you put yourself out there and then people see who you are, naturally, if you, who you are and you adding value, like you mentioned, which was a great point, like be of service, add value, share what you know, no matter who you are, you could be 16 years old and still have something to say. Cause we all have something, cause we all have a unique life experience. Right. And as you go through this process, then you sort of find your way. So they said, exactly. you have to commit, right? You have to commit to at least one episode a week for a year. And then the other thing they said, don't even look at the numbers. Don't even, don't, don't, don't resist the temptation to see downloads, all that stuff until you've done it for a year. And I'm all really, yeah. And they're like, if you can't do that, don't even start. Don't even bother like, you're just going to waste your effort because you're going to get frustrated because you, because when you first start out, you have no idea kind of what's going to be. I mean, the entrepreneur ethos was going to be the daily MBA podcast because that's my old blog. And then they also said, this is Kevin and Peter over at the blue Art. They said, can you do a podcast every day? Cause if it's got daily in it, people expect a daily podcast. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> good point. No, I can't do it every day. Okay. So then don't name it daily. Like, what else do you got? Like, what other ideas? And it just so happened I wrote the book, right? The Entrepreneur Ethos, you know, how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world through entrepreneurship. And they're like, well, that sounds like a good idea. You could probably talk about that forever. Like, is there ever a th not something you could talk about? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, huh. So I got lucky, honestly, that I wrote the book. And then I thought about, like, but it was like, do it for a year one episode a week minimum. And then the other thing they told me was like, it takes, it's a four to one ratio for every hour of content you put out. It takes four hours to produce. Can you commit to that? I'm like, really? Yeah. They're like, yeah. So imagine you need to commit per week, at least four hours to your podcast, at least. Can you do that? Don't bother if you can't. Geez, they're, they're really, uh, <laughs> they're not oh, selling. No, they were brutal. Yeah. They were brutal because, I mean, you know, Blue Wire podcast, the Blue Wire network is one of the fastest growing podcast networks. It's it's going insane. Like, it's it's crazy. It's just crazy how they're just growing like a weed. And their podcasts on there are, like, really popular in the sports market. So they're like, don't bother 
us. We know what we're doing. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, fair enough. And, and again, I, 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 I'm an entrepreneur podcast on a sports podcasting network, right? I'm, I'm an odd duck, but I got the opportunity. I got all this great learning. And I mean, I never would have known any of this unless I was an advisor. And I was an advisor because I was helping Kevin, the CEO, raise money and launch his company. Like, that's what I, that's also what I'm good at. Like, oh, I used to do this a lot. Like, I, I mentor young entrepreneurs. I still do. I mentor young entrepreneurs. And that's part of the show. So I want to educate and inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs. Well, that's a very broad topic. We could talk about lots of things. Like, it's got legacy. It's got legs. It's not specific. It's you know, I have got breathing room. Yeah, you're not going to run out of said. run out of content ideas, are you? Right, never. I will never run out of. Con- All I got to do is 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 interview another entrepreneur, and and I will learn. Like every single person I've ever interviewed on the show, it's been amazing. Every single one of them, to a person, I've learned something that I didn't know before. And like I've been doing been an entrepreneur for 25 years. Like I kind of know what I'm doing, but boy. Like even the younger ones, even the ones that are like 20 years younger than me, right? I'm 50, right? Even the ones that are like 25 years younger than me, you know, it's like, wow, I never knew that. And this is the thing that I think is the powerful, powerful, powerful thing about podcasting and content and being of service and just being curious, right? Like dedicated, curious, hard blue collar work. You want to know the secret to being a good entrepreneur, producing uh, good content, being successful? It's blue-collar work ethic. Sit in the chair, do the work, and just you, – you, you don't have – you know, you, it's a process. It's not a result, right? So yeah, it, it's just fascinating because I'm sure – I don't know if you've had that same experience, but it's powerful. Yeah, the process and um, try and if if you can, uh, just remove yourself from the anxiety of of well, we're really trying to be successful. I mean, it's just embracing the process uh, of you, you know, adding value and helping and and creating that content. And um, people out there, if you want to check out Jerry's podcast, he's got a fantastic podcast called The Entrepreneur Ethos, and uh, it is at theentrepreneurethos.com and if you search it you'll be able to find it it's on apple overcast spotify and the blue wire network um that's how you get in touch with jerry and uh, i recommend that you do check his podcast out he's got some really interesting information that's probably the best way to reach out to you jerry yeah it is i'm also on linkedin and you know i have a pretty unique name so it's hard to hide on the internet. <laughs> you have a unique name. <laughs> yeah, if if you Google the entrepreneur ethos, uh, it'll even come up. I, I think um, it comes up as a suggestion. The entrepreneur ethos podcast and Jerry is J A R I E. Yes, J A R I E. Correct. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much, Jerry, for stopping by and having a chat. It was uh, great to talk to you, and um, I hope you enjoyed yourself as well. Oh yeah, this is great. Like, I, you know, I love what you're doing and I can't stress it enough to the people that are listening. You know, it's, it sounds really tough. Like, ah, boy, wow. You're just all this work, but the, like you have to trust the process and you have to enjoy 
the journey. Because as an entrepreneur, you are never guaranteed the results. If anyone says they can guarantee your results, they're lying to you. The only thing you control is the process and your discipline to execute the process. Yes, and um, one other thing you said, Jerry, was that when you just sit down in the chair and start producing the content, even if you don't quite know what you're doing, it gets revealed to you along the way and you can adapt what you're doing. And I think a lot of people have this anxiety about not having a fully formed idea and then just not acting. And what what do they say about, um, you know, imperfect action? It really is about that. So you you just need to start just producing the content and um, the idea will form around that and you'll start to to know what you're doing as you go along. Oh, for sure. For sure. If you were to listen to some of my earlier episodes, you'd be like, oh, God, <laughs> even I cringe. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, and you got to be fearless like that. Have a bit of a thick skin and actually realize that nobody cares if you if you fall flat on your face. Um, but, but nobody cares as much as you think that they do. And um, if you do yeah. have that fear, just feel the fear and do it anyway, as they say. Yeah, that's that's courage. That's courage right there. All right, wonderful. Jerry, I'm going to wrap it up there. Thanks very much for joining me on the When at Work podcast and uh, see you everybody on the next podcast.